Welcome, one and all, to Vision on Sound here on Fab Radio International with me, Martin Holmes. And welcome to 2021. Now, episode 13s could be tricky beasts. In certain series, they even end in massive cliffhangers. So we just need to keep our eye out for problems like that. But anyway, today, Sandy and I are just going to take a look back at last year and uh, to discuss, uh, remember and reflect upon a few of the figures the iconic names and faces that television lost over the course of the last 12 months. So without further ado, I'll uh, introduce Sandy. Sandy. Hello, Martin. What's happening? What's happening? Well, hey, Happy New Year, Sandy. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, yes. That's a bit unusual. It's also something I very rarely say to anybody these days. (laughs) (laughs) But nevertheless, you know, with your your Scottish heritage, um, I imagine that uh, you've basically been knocking back the whiskey for about three weeks now. Is that that a horrible cliché? Three weeks, probably more like nine months since the uh, the lockdown started. <laughs> so you've been going through the old box sets. Uh, yes, I've been I've, I've been going through I've been going through my Hitchcock box set at the moment. Oh, right. uh, I'm doing fairly well with that. I watched a Trouble with Harry. Ah, good uh, film, and, funny and film. Re- and realised that I'd never seen it before. That's oh, right. managed to get to the and um, the chap rape from Dynasty, the, isn't it? To yes, John Forsyth. Hmm. Uh, but it, it's it's the most un-Hitchcock film I think I've ever seen of Hitchcock. You yeah. know, it it is it is well it it is a dark dark comedy, isn't it? That's oh the, yes, the beauty of it. Yeah, I, it's got uh, it had some extras on it where uh, people were getting uh, interviewed and asking about it, mm. and apparently it originally bombed in America mm. because Americans don't find moving dead bodies around very funny. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas the uh, the French and the British yeah. think it's an absolute hoot. hoot yeah. It's uh, Hitchcock's The Kipper and the Corpse, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, it was. I, I found it straight. Yeah, it wasn't quite what I was uh, what yeah. I was expecting when I stuck it in the old uh, no. the old but, machine. But uh, you've rattled through uh, the festive season. Presumably, you've basically parked yourself on a sofa and watched a lot of television. Oh, that's that's what the festive season about, isn't it? Not about. <laughs> It's not about Just going out house. meeting your family. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of having a... And presumably there was absolutely nothing on the on the mainstream channels that you wanted oh, to see at all. Yeah, there's nothing, not a lot of new stuff that really no. kind of uh, grabs you. But yeah, I think I think, I think the days of the uh, the big family Christmas specials are yeah. uh, are a bit gone for my generation. Well, I also find actually that uh, the problem is that the sort of shows that they now decide are big family entertainment, which is Strictly and Midwife and Mrs. Brown, are three programmes I'd cross the street to avoid yes. personally. Mm-hmm. So it, it does, and that's just the BBC. <laughs> um, 
and uh, and let's face it, I'm, other, you know, other, I think other other channels. <laughs> well, they're they're called the James Bond Channel, I believe, oh, at this right. time of year. But uh, I think we've seen all them enough as well. So um, yeah, uh, so yeah, it's a it's a bit tricky this time of year. But uh, I tend not not to watch a great deal of the mainstream telly. I, I do yeah. tend to sort of unwrap a couple of box sets and 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 dive in. But uh, there we go. That's that's the, that's yep. the festive season. Uh-huh. Now, I, I just think before the festive season is completely over, although I, I suspect it already is really yep. for most people, what we should do is have a quick look back at uh, 2020. Because 2020, yeah. sadly, uh, we lost a, a great many television icons over the year. Yep. And I just thought maybe we'd have a quick chat today about some of them, not all of them, because, right, yep. you know, but... Uh, it's kind of in terms of it, there was a lot of icons, a really iconic names that we lost last year uh, for various reasons. I mean, you know, all all the horrors of COVID notwithstanding. And I don't know. I just thought it it would be a, a good thing for us to talk about. So there are no particular yep. order. These people, no. Um, there's no no particular order of, of when they left or anything like that. Or their or, 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 or their or their place in the or in their place in the pantheon. In the pantheon the, of but, TV. Um, Gods. But in terms of last year, I thought maybe uh, well we'd start. I think with Terry Jones, yeah, who who we lost last year. Um, one of the Pythons, well the original Pythons, obviously. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I just wondered if you had any thoughts on Monty Python or Terry Jones generally. Yeah, I, I think Python is something that probably kind of aged well for a while, mm. but it's kind of uh, it's had its its half life of. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the 70s and 80s, there were people who could endlessly uh, replay and recite <laughs> sketches. Were you, were you one which, of those? I, I, could, I could do a few of them. Yeah. yeah. Was, no, no, a... not the yeah, comfy chair. Was, you know, it's, it's, quite, it's quite impressive. I've actually <laughs> I've actually got rid of my comfy chair because uh, it squeaks too much. So I'm now on a wooden, I'm on, right. I'm on an uncomfy okay, chair. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's quite impressive that, that people could do that mm. in the days when you couldn't endlessly repeat. TV yes, programs. That's true. Yeah. You know, they they managed to enter the the consciousness mm. by being shown on TV mm. three or four times. And uh, I did have you know, a friend who told me she had one of her most horrific experiences was on a coach trip back from the south of France. I think it was a school coach trip where yeah. there were some lads on the back seat who, for the entire duration of the journey were quoting Monty Python at each other. Yeah. Now, again, if on one level you'd think impressive, on another level you'd think, I'm glad I wasn't on that coach. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I used to work in IT, and, ah. uh, you know, the ability to quote Monty Python was probably right. quite kind of a, would get you a few uh, Is Is the IT jobs. crowd a documentary, then, in your book? Yeah, well, I've, I've watched it fairly recently, and I thought, you know, where, where do I fit in fit. that one? And, uh, I think I think your probably our company was mainly full of uh, rich diodes. <laughs> well, one thing is there were certainly no women in there. No, so I worked in graphics for for many a long year, and people used to say to me, "Oh, well, you would like Star Trek, Why? well, because you work in graphics." And I'm thinking, sorry, but basically we were all sci-fi geeks, apparently. Yeah. So, um, so I don't know. So maybe maybe quote. And I know um, quite a few people were telling me. Uh, they've been uh, just before Christmas. They were repeating some Blackadder. I know we talked about Blackadder yes. in our yeah. Christmas show, oh, yes. but uh, people were saying that they re- they remembered they'd recorded Blackadder off the TV, yeah, on audio, 
and and when it was on they 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 realized how familiar they were with it they played it endlessly because <laughs> every line they knew <laughs> yeah but again I, I the the monty python thing that was what late 60s well terry jones yep. and michael palin had worked together before on do not just just set do not just just set or the one other of, one. One, of, one of these yes ones. yeah which which was probably you know i would have been too young for that because that's kind of mid mid 60s yeah. isn't it mid to late 60s but that was then. actually children's television i mean it's, it's interesting that both of them uh because uh cleese was in that, that yeah said as well so the sort of roots of python if you actually read anything about the roots of python they all sort of come together through these other shows like frost report and everything like yeah. that mm-hmm. and um and suddenly there they are doing don't python and terry jones i mean he was the one who went he did the directing wasn't he yeah i mean That's he was the, the one who went on to be the film director and uh, also yeah. uh, worked with douglas adams quite a lot right was it was he is he the one who did the missionary? It's the missionary of uh, oh. I'm not entirely sure. I know I know that uh, Palin I'm, was Palin was he that one with yes, the pig? Yeah, I, he... I lose track. <laughs> <laughs> but the the interesting thing about Terry Jones, of course, is he worked he, he was the one who wrote Starship Titanic from the video game that Douglas Adams created. Uh, right. Douglas Adams was a kind of unofficial python he's one of the few people oh, who performed yeah. with python in a, in an episode in series four granted when they were kind of look they needed someone tall who was replacement for john Cle- uh, and there's a there's a douglas adams thing that he he said which was he what he really wanted to do when he grew, grew up was to be john cleese but he realized the job was already taken <laughs> so uh, so you know there's a lot of connections with with yeah. python but, but, uh-huh. but of course the other thing is that uh, terry jones did those historical series for children which was oh which don't i don't, don't, don't even remember, remember those what, what year was that in um uh, 80s i think 80s yeah you're probably too old for it but then you know yeah maybe i know <laughs> but so anyway so there we go now if you want to leap through another connection another okay, sad yeah. loss was tim brooke taylor yes which which the goodies and, and monty python apparently weren't the massive rivals some people would have you believe no but mm-hmm. um but um, <laughs> nevertheless tim brooke taylor what, what one third of the goodies and the first one to go um yeah. we have we have a certain amount of local connections with tim brooke taylor because he has yeah. his family had a solicitors up in uh, buxton all right didn't know that the, the Brooke Taylor solicitors was based, in fact, still is based in I think yeah. it's Buxton. Mm. If you go to the square, you can see it. But uh, so the, yeah. there is a, a local actual connection uh, with yeah. t- North with Tim Brooke Taylor. Any any thoughts on Tim Brooke Taylor? I, I I mean at the time I thought the goodies were as good as it got in mm-hmm. TV, adult, grown up TV. You know, right. and it was obviously pitched to a certain level at kids. Yeah, and I think, I think he, I'm trying to think of he's my favourite goody because yeah, <laughs> Bill Oddie was a bit bit kind of odd and Graham <laughs> Gardner was a bit yeah. There was there was, there was something quite endearing about Tim Brooke Taylor in mm. uh, in that one. So well, it's the uh, in many ways it was it, I mean because he was the Tory, wasn't he? <laughs> yes, which is rather <laughs> ironic that I would pick him as my uh, as my fav- as my favourite goody. Yes, but yeah, but it was it was just like uh, it was a kind of really fantastic program in its day of the goodies mm. on a lot of visual uh, humor actually yes. i mean if you're a fan of silent movies which i know you are yeah 
Mm-hmm. The goodies actually, because uh, again, that's more Bilotti's influence. But he, mm-hmm. he was very much a fan of the old Buster. They actually did one about old movies. Oh yes, um, yeah. Uh, where they actually actually rebuilt. Yeah. Well, sorry, reshot a lot mm-hmm. of of those sequences. Uh, in, uh. In, uh, but a lost lot of vision. I mean, it's the thing with the bendy legs on the table that was in the credits, and yeah. and, the, and the sort of uh, sort of salute and sinking and all that kind yeah. of thing. Have you uh, seen any goodies recently at all? Uh, I watched one. Oh, when I say recently, it's probably within the last mm. ten years. Mm. And yeah, and I don't think it aged well. No, there's a there's a couple of them that are problematical now. Yes, um, I can a imagine. Couple of, couple of them that uh, I mean, there's there's one which has a lot of uh, female nudity in it, and it's just quite early on, which is mm-hmm. kind of. Which is just kind of, uh, it's difficult to watch. And of course, obviously, there's a lot of, there's a certain amount of blackface stuff. But generally, yeah. when it's good, when yeah. it's good, it's, mm-hmm. it's very, very good indeed. Because Tim Brooke Taylor was the one who had the acting career, really. Right, yeah. Because Graham Garden sort of, he used his doctorate stuff and yeah. did a lot of mm-hmm. presenting on programmes and everything, yeah. you know, uh, science programmes, I mm-hmm. should say. But uh, Tim Brooke Taylor was in several sitcoms like Me and My Girl and, and yeah. all that kind of mm-hmm. thing, and so had a proper acting career, yeah. you know, which is uh, which is interesting. And they always say because uh, Garden and Oddie were mostly credited with the writing, yeah. But actually, they always say that he was the actor, and yeah. and also he did actually do a lot more for the program than people necessarily yeah. give him credit mm-hmm. for. Interesting, interesting chap, really. Yeah, and again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are, you are, it's his, it gets me about these things is you always think, oh, taken too young, you know, because the other ones are still around. Yeah. And yet, you know, you, a lot of these people are, you forget how old they are, really. You know? yes. I mean, you, then you forget how old you are yourself. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. You do, you do the math on yourself and go, well, I'm that age, and they were always older than me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh... yeah. So, yeah, poor, poor old Tim. Yeah. Okay, let me see who else we've got on the older randomizer. There we go. Oh, Roy Hood. Roy Hood. Oh, Hood. yes. I get, I get one of these guys that he used to be on TV and I could. Mm. He would pop up in all sorts of, particularly comedy programmes. Yes. As I remember. And he was just kind of famous. I couldn't I couldn't name a series he was in. No. You know, that he I, kind of, I remember him a lot more from Variety, Saturday Night Variety, really. Yes. And, and things um, like The Good Old Days. Yeah. And of course, mm-hmm. and a lot of. Um, do, doing um, Max Miller, sort of yeah. you know, trying to sort mm-hmm. of sort of revive the old music hall yeah. variety. Uh-huh. His Max Max Miller yeah. shtick, you know. And he, yeah, he almost he was even in those days he was a bit of a throwback to something from a, uh, a bygone age. Yeah. Bygone age, yeah. yeah. But of course, but, I mean, I mean, you, you talk about the, the goodies uh, having because they had a, a long radio career with. Uh, I'm sorry, I haven't a clue. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry I'll read that again before that. But actually, Roy Hood was the the, the news hoodlines was on forever, wasn't it? Yeah, on radio. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I know we're, we're not really sort of covering radio, but uh, I always think of him more as a radio performer. Yeah. But but also he feels like one of those iconic figures who was just like you say always on television. You know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, of course that um, fantastic performance in uh, Lipstick on Your Collar. Of course, yes. And indeed, he's in uh, karaoke. Yeah, mm-hmm. which uh, I I only recently remembered. Really, I, I rewatched yeah. karaoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and he's 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 again. His his actual straight acting is yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I know that there's a problem with his character in, in karaoke in that he seems to be there to do those am- amusing spoonerisms that aren't, really. Right, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. this, he's, he's the character who gets the back-to-front phraseology, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which, <laughs> most of which are basically so they could say cooking a lot. <laughs> And get away with it. <laughs> but again, it's a very brave performance in karaoke, actually. Yeah. I, think. It's, mm-hmm. um... I saw an interview with him once when he'd been talking mm. about uh, lipstick on your collar. Mm. And he'd said to Dennis Potter, he went, I'm playing you. I'm at this, this part I'm playing is you, isn't it? And Dennis <laughs> Potter said, they all are. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's very true. Uh, you actually, um, you get back to karaoke and, and Ian McDiarmid, He's in yep. uh, karaoke, and he he's made up. He just looks like Dennis. It's it's all. I actually thought for a second they'd resurrected him or CGI'd him or something. It, yeah. it's, it's terrifyingly like Dennis in look, you know. Right. So um, yes, uh, of course, um, not wanting to to do down the uh, the, the once greatest living Scotsman, but the. Two thousand and twenty also saw the passing of, of Sean Connery, who probably isn't really a a television icon in much no. as mm-hmm. he's just an icon. Yes, uh, quite a lot of early roles in things like Requiem for Heavyweight in the fifties, yeah. but also in things like Hell Drivers and stuff like right. that. You know, the early British films. But of course, I think the fact that we earlier referred to ITV as the James Bond channel over Christmas, <laughs> I, I feel that somehow most yeah. A lot of people grew up with Sean Connery being on their televisions watching yes. Bond films at bank holidays. So I feel yeah. I think it's at least worthy of mentioning yeah. that on that score. You know? And I, I did watch, uh, as a was it Channel 4 or Film 4, did a tribute to him. And mm. uh, they showed the man who would be king yes. the other day. And that is just a fantastic mm. film, a fantastic yarn. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Connery and Kane are just... Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great film actually. That one uh, again, uh, I think. Well, again, I, mean, I was far too young to see it in the cinema, so I, you know, yes, it it was a film that I saw on television. So yes, um, mm-hmm. and also uh, Robin and Marion, which yep. was on a couple of weeks ago, which I I I, uh, I did record because I think it's, a, it's it's interesting. I mean, I like say, I mean, I, I know in terms of Scottish culture. Mm-hmm. He was seen as very much because he was very much in favour of nationalism and all that kind yeah. of thing, even though he lived in Spain. <laughs> yeah, like all those great Scottish nationalists. <laughs> but uh, did huh. did people uh, did, as as a as as a person of Scotland did you feel an affinity with Sean Connery? Yeah. Did you feel you all benefited from association? With... Yeah, he was like a, a person who'd done an official well president. And, and yeah, didn't. Uh, didn't kind of uh, slag off the country after he'd uh, mm. after he'd gone. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Scots tend to hold pretty dear to the, the people who go abroad. The, the only bad thing you can do is to develop some kind of English twang to your accent or right. uh, uh, an American twang, right? Uh, or speak differently, you know, mm. which uh, kind of loses you loses you a few uh, brownie points on that one. It's interesting, really, because I noticed with... Uh, was it David Tennant played his Doctor Who as English, or Mockney, yeah. or whatever, but Peter Capaldi played it as Scottish. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and I, I kind of wondered whether that was a cultural shift between the, the, the time, or, yeah. mm-hmm. or whether it just didn't feel 
the right time to have you know the character yeah. played with the with mm -hmm. but then again sylvester mccoy mm. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So there's a you know there's a long tradition of uh, Scottish doctors, yeah. and a couple of Mancunians in there. so <laughs> yeah. we're all right with that. You know. Well, I love I love that Christopher Eccleston. Other other planets of Norths as well. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Let's have a, let's do the randomizer right. again. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We, 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 we've touched on sainted sainted. Just make sure they are uh, dead when you actually bring them up, Martin. Oh no, I'm, I'm fairly would, sure. We wouldn't, we, we wouldn't like to uh, cause some. To bump uh... sod it. Well, this is the thing you actually start to worry about. You know, when you say, "Oh, you know, he's still alive," and then two <laughs> minutes later, yeah, it's uh, that's that's yeah. one of the great great problems of of you know somebody actually lent me at work. Yeah. I I arrived at work one morning and somebody put on my desk two of the. Colin Dexter Morse audiobooks for me to to listen to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Literally, as they put them down on the desk, it popped up on my Facebook feed that Colin Dexter had died. Ooh. The two were simultaneous, and I, I and people used yeah. to refer to yeah. me as the Reaper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I used to have this terrible thing about saying, "Oh yeah, they're still with us." Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm with literally within twenty four hours. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, well, I suppose uh, you. I mean, you, you do have that. Uh, this kind of the interest in old TV programs. So, the the people who you're talking about and that mm. you're watching are of a certain. Well, it is fascinating here. to me how uh, you know the longevity. I mean, <laughs> here we go. But uh, I was actually saying to someone only last night. You know, you, here we are in our fifties. You know, yeah. thinking, oh, we're knocking on a bit, and then you then you hear about Clint Eastwood still making movies in his nineties, yeah. you know? mm -hmm. still directing, you know, yes, and 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 Billy the Shat as well, you know, um, mm -hmm. the Shatner. Again, yeah. I don't know whether it's something to do with just because uh, also some of these musicians who you genuinely thought took so much cocaine they wouldn't see past yeah. forty, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, who who someone actually once said to me, if you look at the hair of these musicians. Yeah. Who did so much, so many drugs in the sixties and seventies? There must be some preservative quality in them, <laughs> <laughs> because whatever it is, they're still standing. You yeah. Know? And, uh, you see, I, I genuinely, I mean, I know you could argue that well, short lifespans are sometimes to do with you know, luck. Yeah. Sometimes to do with poverty, and all these film stars, they can, you know, they can survive into their nineties yeah. because they are just basically. They've got access to the the health yeah. clubs and the and the people who look after them and and the rest of us just muddle through yeah. and, and have so much stress in our lives, you yeah. know. But uh, there's got to be something in it. I mean, there are there are amazing moments. I mean, the, 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 again in 2020 we lost Frank Windsor yeah. uh, from Z Cars. Now I don't know if, if Frank Windsor meant a great deal to you apart from double glazing adverts. Or, uh, or yeah, I'm old, I'm old enough to remember softly, softly. Mm. But uh, the thing was that when when he died, I, I actually had to, I had to go online and actually admit, you know, I thought he'd gone years ago. I'd, yeah. I'd not heard yeah. from him in, or not heard about him no. in so long. I just assumed he wasn't around anymore, and yet there he was. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you had to check. You know that thing that sometimes when obits happen, yeah. or someone goes, "Oh, Tony Hart's died," and you go, "Yeah, it was five years ago." Yes. And you have to, and and people go, and and they just they've only just found out, but. How, yeah. you know, and you suddenly get this thing that trends on Twitter that somebody who you you've known. I had that with uh, I, I did a, a a short thing about uh, June Whitfield a couple of years yeah. ago, and it was the same thing. The, the year after, people were going, "Oh, June Whitfield!" Yes, a year, a year ago. ago. 
Yes. And that doesn't diminish, you know, the horribleness of it. No. But it, it just, mm -hmm. sometimes these things do happen without people noticing. I mean, I was yeah. preparing my list for this, this morning, and I'd forgotten uh, we'd lost uh, David Bellamy in 2019. God. It just, yeah. I'd, I'd I'd done, you know, the, the sort of note in it, and I'd just yeah. completely forgotten. Mm -hmm. So it does happen like that. Of course, um, getting back to the actual 2020 that we are right. supposed to yeah. be talking about, Nicholas Parsons. Yes, phenomenal uh, career. Yes, and, again, uh, and, and a long, long career. I mean, he was doing yeah. uh, just a minute for 50-odd years, wasn't yeah. he? Was just... And I think only missed one or two in that time. Yeah, yeah. sale of the century. Yeah, was, uh, was one of the. Uh... But now he's one of those people who, I mean, if you look at fifties films, mm. he's, he's as an actor, he had quite the career, and of course he was yeah. the um, was it Arthur Haynes? He was the straight man too. Oh right. In the in on yeah. radio, I think it might have been right. Arthur, yeah. it might have been Arthur Haynes. It may have been somebody else. As ever, I've I've, I've done not enough research, yeah. but um, he was a straight man on radio. Yeah. In the, in the fit, but also came from that came from acting. But then suddenly had this career, like many do. Like even do you think about Alexander Armstrong now, who suddenly go from yeah. comedy and acting, and and still do that, but suddenly have this association with a, a quiz show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the sale of the century, I mean, was absolutely. It was compulsive. It, it was. It was the quiz the of the week. It was yeah. the quiz of the week. You know. It was. Yeah. Uh, in the in the days where like a quiz program would be the highlight of the uh, the week, like the golden oh, yeah. shot, the generation yeah. game, these kind of yes. Uh, what was the one that uh, Leslie Crowther uh, was doing? Uh, the come on down, Price is Pr right. Price is right. Yeah. Price is right. Yeah. Uh, and they were yeah, and full full of catchphrases and just like you know it was <laughs> it was kind of prime time. Yeah. TV. Yeah, you're talking about uh, are we proud of our Scots? Nicholas Parsons. Mm. Uh, ah. start, started work, I believe, in the shipyards in Glasgow. Crikey. Now, that's a, that's an idea. With a bow tie, right. no doubt. Uh, possibly not. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to check that one, Martin, because that, that okay. could, I could conceivably just have told you something. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll burble on then. Right, OK. Because he, he did have an acting career again. He, again, another one who did a Doctor Who. But, um, yeah, Nick, Nicholas Parsons. Gentleman. That's what people say about Nicholas Parsons. Because he, uh, uh, if you went to the Edinburgh Festival, he, he, was, he was forever at the Edinburgh Festival you know, for year after year after year. So um, a, a quality a quality gentleman, I think. Right. Uh, he was born in England. So uh -huh. there we go. So there's point, after, points lost there. All right. <laughs> after he'd left school, his family contacted relatives in Scotland to arrange a job for him in Clyde Bank, where he spent five years employed as an engineering apprentice at Drysdale, a maker of machine pumps. Right. So even with that massively long career, he also managed to find five years on top of that. Yeah. So he was a mechanical engineer and worked in the, uh, the Royal Navy, Merchant Navy in the Second World War. People with real jobs before they be, do this acting malarkey. Yeah. Impressive. So, so, so there you go. So uh, Nicholas Parsons, after he left school, he <laughs> was a mechanical engineer of all uh, things in Clyde Bank. So that's a kind of... Wow. Not the, uh, not the kind of uh, the start to a career that you would imagine somebody no, like him having. indeed. He was... Is he 97 or 96? He was ridiculously long-lived in many ways. You know. yeah. uh, moving on. To my randomizer, Michael Angelis. Oh yes. And his strange, no one knew how old he was, uh, passing. 
Yeah. Uh, Often mistaken for his own brother. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think my early memories of him are as the uh, as the brother in uh, the Live Birds. Yes, but you were a a big you're a big fan of big fan black of the black stuff. stuff. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, his performances in that were just fantastic, absolutely mm. fantastic, and mm. uh, live long in the uh, in the memory. Just as the kind of uh, the everyman character, there were more extremes mm. to you know Bernard Hill's character. Yeah. But I mean, I I think no matter what, uh, I mean, whether or not, I mean, whether you're a fan of Bleasdale or or not, I think the fact is that for someone who was recognized on television so much for Lucian yeah. in in the live event, as a comedy performer in that sense to yeah. make that leap to yeah. such a, a stark mm-hmm. brutal drama yes and and not have people going oh it's just bloody Lucian yes <laughs> that that's that's actually quite quite impressive I, I know I, I know we shouldn't sort of just say oh well there are comedy actors and there are you know, serious actors. I know they're yeah. all actors, and I know yeah. we shouldn't be surprised when an actor does some good acting, <laughs> yeah. which always seems to. That's kind of yeah. one of those strange mm-hmm. and peculiar things where people seem surprised that an actor can actually act. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. but that as a leap is quite impressive, I think. Yeah, and especially in the public consciousness, because I don't think it necessarily removed Lucian from the memory, but no. I do think I do think it's interesting. Uh, we talked actually recently about whether or not uh, Ronnie Barker and Fletch existed as two characters. Yeah. And you can't you can't really quite see the Ronnie Barker in 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 Fletch. No, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't look at Fletch and think that's Ronnie Barker. Mm. I think that's Fletcher. Yeah. Fletcher's a is a totally rounded character, you know. And I think that's certainly to a certain extent the same with Mike Angelis as Chrissy. Yeah. You know, you don't really. See, I mean, I know he had a career way beyond that, but mm-hmm. um, but I do think it it I think that's an incredibly impressive thing to be able to do, to actually yeah. have, should we say, two distinct and iconic characters yeah. that that mm-hmm. people can almost mm-hmm. divorce from each other. You know? Yeah, and yeah, you know, we we see uh, Lucian with the rabbits was a kind of mm. uh, iconic character. He probably wasn't in that many episodes. You know. Well, I mean, you said that about Grouty, didn't you? Yeah, you know, they are they are very much supporting mm. minor characters, but mm. they created such an impression yes. when they were on you. You get a whole series of other things that you can't you can't remember, and yet there's a kind of a supporting character in a sitcom from forty years ago and more yes. who's there in your consciousness. Strangely, I believe Carla Lane confused him. Because he was yeah. supposed to be Elizabeth Estenson's Estenson's yeah. brother, Lucian. Yeah. And for some reason, when the when the Liver Birds came back later, she seemed to have forgotten whose brother he was. <laughs> of course, yeah. There was a swap between Polly James and mm. Elizabeth Estenson. Yeah. Was near as Hughes stayed there uh, mm. all the time. Indeed. Okay. I mean, we seem to uh, there seem to be a lot of blokes so far. We, we uh, right. That's... Yeah kind of the nature of these things unfortunately but uh, again it's the the era that they're sort of disappearing from but yeah. uh, surprise for me was john sessions yes doesn't seem yeah. that he feels like a contemporary somehow i don't, yes. I don't know yeah i think probably because uh things like uh whose line is it anyway mm. very much 80s and 90s when i was mm. uh, in my 20s mm. 
which one recently? Yeah, 20, 2030s. And just yeah, knock you, a few you, years off, yeah, Sandy. Uh, you know? <laughs> audio can take years off, you understand. <laughs> it's the pictures they put it on. Mm. Yeah, he was just like kind of one of these guys who was cropped up all the time and was obviously a really good actor mm. uh, and fantastic improviser and. Mm. And it's yeah. a, again, complete surprise when 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 uh, when, when John Sessions mm-hmm. passed uh, last year. It was you you just didn't really feel he was all all sorts of roles really all sorts of yeah. roles he was in. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the thing is that I think who's like I mean I suppose you've got a bit of a theatrical, haven't you? Yeah, you do a bit of theatrics. Do you, yeah. are you are you actually impressed by the abil- the improv ability? Yeah, I've, or I've, do, you, think, yeah. do you know the tricks and you're not and you're not as impressed by it as say your layman might be? No, I, I think what what these people do is fantastic, and you know the, mm. you spot it if you work if you spot comedians working. Mm. You know you can spot how they can uh, they can just interact with an audience and. Mm think on their feet really really quickly um, mind like a steel uh, trap apparently he, he was very good on on birth and death dates for people yeah he, mm-hmm. he's, you know he sort of knew everybody's you know? yeah <laughs> but um just an incredible performer and, and quite quite the chameleon uh were you uh, what was the um stella street did you did you follow stella i don't street? remember stella street no quite, I, don't, uh, I don't know the name did with phil cornwell where they right. basically played strangely enough people like michael kane <laughs> You know, there's this, yeah. this sort of fake street where all the characters lived, you know, who had ever been in film and television. And, yeah. and they gave a pretty good uh, go at doing all of them <laughs> between yes. them. You know. I was never massively uh, taken with Phil Cornwell as a performer, mm, no. personally. Mm. But uh, but Sessions, I think, um, yeah, what a guy. Yep. Right. Okay. Random factor, yeah. like a tractor. Jill Gascoigne. You know anything about Jill Gascoigne at all? Oh, gentle touch. Gentle touch and cat's eyes. Cat's eyes. <laughs> the follow-up. Was she in? No, here we go. Was she, she was married her... to, well, or, or in a relationship with Alfred Molina, of course. Right, yeah. Not that that should define her. But, no, no, uh, no, no. But uh, I, I think in terms of 70s cop shows Yeah. in, in Britain, I'm not absolutely 100% sure but I think it predates Juliet Bravo slightly yes. so I think she may well have been the first lead female copper yeah. in, in, a, in a mainstream ITV series so. right was no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get confused here was she okay. in the Uneden line as well I believe so yes I believe so there we go. may have been where she was spotted really but um, did all sorts yeah. of bits and pieces um, actually yeah Mm-hmm. Um, I think because I've also I've seen her this year in Raffles in one of the right. Raffles episodes yeah. I think it was Raffles so I, one of these character actors who who again did a need in did appearances in other shows yeah. uh, in an era I think when again I mean I've been watching uh, Prime Suspect right yeah and there was this era where the only real roles for women in television were were mothers or hookers yeah and if you look at something like the sweeney the, the women's roles in the sweeney are not great you know? not, and i, not, I believe that's great. what triggered linda laplante to become a writer you know yeah so to actually sort of come through all that and then create um maggie forbes right in, yep. in the gentle touch which which ran for five years you know it, it's an impressive chunk of television it's a success, yeah. successful chunk mm-hmm. of television and then obviously it had this 
strange spin-off called Cat's Eyes, which you may or may not... Don't remember that one as well, no. Leslie Ash, Rosalind Lander, people oh, like right, that. Yeah. And it was kind of like uh, they'd gone up in the world and become this super-secret spy. I suspect it was trying to be the Avengers or, or yeah. that kind of, of show. Uh, but the fact is, you know, that given the times it was in, uh, which would have been after Charlie's Angels, but yeah. it, it wasn't... Uh, I think Don Warrington was the boss in it as well, actually. Right. But uh, given the times it was made in, the fact mm. is that you've got three female leads in a primetime yeah. mm-hmm. sort of action drama is actually... Yeah. It, okay, you could argue that those, what they used to refer to as the jiggle factor might yeah. have... Yeah, oh, we need something with three women, and oh, won't they be sexy? But yeah. actually, to to tr- to make the effort to actually yes. and, and and have the if you say the cachet to be able to head up a show like that is is pretty damn yeah. impressive actually. Mm-hmm. In the yeah. I mean, in the eighties, you know, I, I'm not right. saying that it should it, you know we we should yeah, it should be normal and and it should be all you know the way things are, but it it just I just think impressive for the time that people would take that leap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, my, my randomizer has now picked out Heather Cooper, the astronomer, Sky at Night, stuff like that. But oh, one of the she used to be the person whenever astronomy got turned up on kids' TV. Right. Okay. So one of those scientific minds that shaped a generation of school children, whatever, yeah. uh, to be interested in looking at the stars. Yeah. So uh, quite iconic from that point of view. So what year was she on the? 70s, 80s. 70s, 80s. Uh, right. Used to turn up on things like uh, John Crane's News Round, Blue okay. Peter, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, where they needed someone to talk about that comet, that, mm. that Halley comet, or, or whatever, yeah. when it was revisiting us. Okay. Uh, but basically, again, in the, in the era where astronomy was Patrick Moore, really. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, to actually make that sort of breakthrough as a as female science presenter. Yeah. You know, I mean, at that time, you also had people like uh, Judith Han and uh, Maggie Philbin doing yep. Tomorrow's World. Yeah. But but these were the people who made that breakthrough, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there was, again, you, you look back at archive television sometimes and you think there's a shameful truth behind it, which is the yeah. the uh, <laughs> the sexism and the racism. <laughs> Yeah. Of 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 what was presented to you, and and the fact is that these people are at the cutting edge, and and are to be applauded for that. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But right. in terms of iconic women, yep. We uh, the Avengers lost two uh, this year in uh, Honor Blackman and Diana Rigg both yeah. both lost mm-hmm. uh, in in twenty twenty. Do you have any Avengers memories? Well, I'm, see, I'm too young for the Avengers. Yes. Because my, my parents were never fans of it. Right. So my memories are far more the new Avengers and uh, mm-hmm. okay. Joanna Lumley. So right. I was certainly aware kind of later on of the Avengers because I saw reruns of them on uh, uh, Channel 4 because Channel yes. 4 was quite good at kind of reading the, uh, the mm-hmm. archives. So... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid they can a bit of a kind of blind spot for me, of, uh, <laughs> the Avengers. Okay, but what about the actual, uh, what about Honor Blackman as an actress or an actor? Yeah, uh, 
I struggle to. I've, she's she's somebody I'm incredibly aware of, but I would mm. be. I would did be a few hard. sitcoms in a later life, but yeah. again, incredible longevity. I mean, yeah. Obviously, getting back to Connery and Pussy Galore back yeah. in Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just again, one of these end, you know, endless careers as yeah. slightly upper upper class. Yeah. But always impressive, you know. I yes. mean, mm-hmm. I, I I think she's actually in uh, A Night to Remember, the um, the Titanic. Film. Right. Yeah. It's one of the um, people in the boats or whatever. Yes. You know. But one of the, one of life's survivors and, and one of those no bullshit people as well. I think. Um, yeah. But also, um, you know, very much iconic, strong words. I believe in the Avengers. They say she, uh, because the ones she did were pretty much filmed live or as live. Yeah. Um, they were the videotape era before mm-hmm. they went on to film and. Famously, all the black leather and and I think she knocked out a few stuntmen. She may have knocked out Jackie Palo, uh, actually live on on television. Right. Yeah, but also again, breakthrough in terms of the what happened with the Avengers was that it started off with two male leads. Yeah, for its first year, and one of one of whom decided Ian Hendry decided he didn't want to do anymore, and so yeah. they brought in. They brought in uh, various sidekicks. The one of whom stuck was uh, Mrs. Gale, Kathy Gale. Right. Yeah. And Kathy Gale, <laughs> played by Honor Blackman, became incredibly iconic. Now you could argue people were watching because it's it's a woman riding around in in leather outfits. You know, <laughs> there's probably a fair amount of perving going on. But actually, yeah. the fact that she made that into the fact is that yeah. people would believe that. A woman could be strong and independent. Yeah, mm-hmm. in in these 1962, 1960, yeah. of course, mm-hmm. you know, shouldn't be a surprise. No. And yet, mm-hmm. yeah, it it actually in terms of television. See, what always gets me is at that time, who were the strongest characters in Coronation Street? Ina Sharples. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. Elsie Tanner. Yeah. So we would the idea that strong women's roles on television was unusual is is a bit of a myth. Yes, but but mm-hmm. certainly in terms of an action series, the fact that yeah, that Honor Blackman could come along mm-hmm. and basically kick some bottom, <laughs> you know, is 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 quite quite gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that she would be appalled that that was the only thing anyone was talking about her mm-hmm. in relation to, and yeah. in the same way, Diana Rigg, Diana Rigg, you know, the RSC's Diana Rigg, yes. you know, um, uh, being only talked about in terms of James Bond and and uh, um, uh, Mrs. Peel. Mm-hmm. Is probably doing her a great uh, disservice. She was still working right to the end. Diana Rigg it was in the recent series of All Creatures Great and Small. Right. Okay. Prior to that, she was playing the mother of Rachel Sterling in Detectorists a couple of years ago. Right. Uh, of course, as the mother of Rachel Sterling, that was possibly uh, typecasting, or <laughs> who else could you get? Um, Game of Thrones, of course. Yeah. Recent years. Uh, I've not really seen much Game of Thrones, uh, but uh, I, 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 I understand it is popular with the. Uh, and with, with uh, hopefully over Christmas, people will have watched Mother Love, which is uh, considered by many to be her finest four hours or whatever it was. Okay, right. with uh, David McCallum. Yep. Time of recording is going to get, but will have had a BBC Four repeat over Christmas. So yeah. And of course, Mrs. Bradley as well uh, did a, did a, mm-hmm. did a detective series, as as we all do. <laughs> I say as as they all do. We don't. I'm, yes, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm still waiting for the phone to ring on that one. <laughs> McGregor investigates. Yeah. Yes. Okay. 
In terms of long-lasting actors, uh, Jeffrey Palmer, of course. Oh, my, what, what a career. 93 when... 93. Yeah. And uh, again, strangely enough, he was in things like The Avengers. He was in The Army Game. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, again, you, you, you kind of feel that people who were in the television in the 50s shouldn't still be around. No. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, they, are, they aren't now, but um, yeah. but Jeffrey Palmer, incredibly long career. Any thoughts on Jeffrey Palmer? I had uh, Andrew and Lisa do a, a quick piece right. in an earlier yeah. episode. Yeah, I, I think my, my memory of him, or my first kind of initial memory, was Reginald Pern. Right. As Uncle Jimmy. Uncle Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, cock up on the catering front you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, and you know it was like again a, a, you know a relatively minor but recurring character mm. who you know stays with you to yeah to I this mean, day. um fairly secret army was that actually a, a, a spin-off was that the same character or was it just a similar I, I th- yeah I, I think they they decided that he must have been such a good character Mm. That there was a lot more mileage about mm. him. I've got a friend who worked at the uh, the BBC. Mm. He worked in operational research, and okay. uh, I remember going down to visit him in London just after he'd started work at the BBC. Mm. And he said, "I was sat at the next table to Jeffrey Peck." <laughs> wow, Jeffrey Palmer. Wow, Jeffrey Palmer. Sorry, yeah, I was sat at the same table, the next table to Jeffrey Palmer at lunch today in the canteen. <laughs> Wow. See, that's I the thing. Imagine that at work, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of one of those things, you know, there, there, there was possibly hundreds and hundreds of actors in that yeah. canteen. Mm-hmm. But that's the one that people get excited, you know. Yeah. Great. You know. Uh, iconic uh, 70s sitcoms, Butterflies, of course. Yes. Mm-hmm. As Time Goes By, which America took to with, with yeah. Dame Judy. Mm-hmm. But uh, and again, uh, obviously, so much more than a sitcom actor. We were, when we were talking about him a few weeks ago, the thing that that stuck in the memory for for Lisa was his very chilling performance in Morse. Right. He does. He did a Morse. You don't remember that at all. Don't remember. Nope. One nope. of those people you 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 are always surprised to remember was in Morse. Yes. You think, mm-hmm. oh, comedy, but no, and and plays well. He plays a nasty piece of yeah. work in it. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I mean, Morse is just full of. Those character actors mm. and, and people who have who were big at big at the time, and also mm. ones who have gone on to be incredibly successful since yes. then. You know, it's a proper uh, breeding ground for uh, for talent. So, from the sublime to the ridiculous, uh, Frank Boff. Yes. Frank Boff, part a cornerstone of your childhood watching very, Grandstand. Very much so. Yeah, Grandstand nationwide. Breakfast time. Breakfast well, time. The, uh, I mean, he was the person who, who they decided to front up yeah. breakfast time. Uh, there were, later on, uh, just before the fall, mm. there was, um, he used to do these bits where he'd go traipsing off on holiday with his wife for the holiday programme. With <laughs> Nesta. Nesta, yeah. But yeah, you think about it, these are a whole series of really iconic programmes that were, were mm. massive and he was just such a kind of safe pair safe, of hands absolutely, that is absolutely mm. the phrase yeah safe mm. pair of hands so the fall was just quite unbelievable yeah you know it's interesting really because I think there's there's something to be said aside from obviously what happened and I'm sure that's not really what you really want to the thing to be talking about in terms of remembering somebody but there are this whole sort of range of people who I don't think would get through the door now. 
Frank Boss yeah. wasn't particularly the the prettiest person. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Cliff Mitchellmore, Wicker, you know, yeah. all these people who were astonishingly iconic characters, even mm-hmm. to a certain extent, someone like Clive James. Oh, yeah. They all had a kind of raw magnetism. Yes. But mm-hmm. but nowadays, I don't think they, in the homogenised idea of television presenter, yeah. I don't think many mm-hmm. of them would actually make it now. No. Know? No. I mean, a lot of them were came from like journalistic backgrounds as well. That's true. That is true. But I would, I was watching some of the uh, the Berlin nineteen forty five stuff that was on. I don't know if you, right. you spotted any of that on the. the I've DVD. seen bits of it before. Yeah. Four, yeah. Well, got, it's, it's I a, actually got a book. It's it's a new, it's a kind of German thing. It's based on people's diaries. Right. Of uh, people who were in Berlin, people yes. who passed through Berlin in nineteen forty five, mm. and the footage they they get some BBC footage, and there's Richard Dinbleby. Yes. Going I got into, the book going about uh, the D, the D Day through to uh, you know, liberation yeah. uh, with the BBC war correspondence book mm-hmm. this year, yeah. and it, uh, because I'd been reading um, Banty's War, I think it's called, right. uh, and then this is another book that's based around. But this is well, sort mm-hmm. of some of the source material, and it's fascinating, really, yeah. that these uh-huh. these guys there with their tape recorders just yeah. pretty much on the front line, you know. Yeah. Well, have, All the way across have, Europe. Yeah, that 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 Berlin nineteen forty five thing should be still on the iPlayer. Oh, I think, I and it's fun. there's three episodes, and it's it's just mm. taken from people's diaries, like you know, mm. youthful German girls who are going to school. Yeah. Once they're going out of the film, Russian soldiers who are moving in. Yeah. Jewish people who are heading away, and it is. Yeah. Uh, it's obviously a German program because the. A lot of the stuff underneath is in German, and they just yes. they, they kind of they, they talk over it. But it's it kind of mm. it's quite a powerful piece of uh, television. Right. Also, last year, I'm going to throw two names at you: Bobby Ball and Eddie Large. Yep. Do you uh, do you have fond memories of either or both or neither? Yeah, I was I was they're not they're not people who really crossed my. Uh, you, that wasn't the sort of telly you watched. No, no, no I mean they. End, they of, the, end of, of the pier. Yeah, in Blackpool. Very much come from the kind of. Both halves of. Um, double acts. Uh, double acts. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of weird, oh, and and one would possibly suggest not the straight man half. There was yeah. always a theory with with double acts is that the comment the the funny one was always the first to go. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. same with Morecambe and Wise, you know. Um, because the stress was so much more, but mm-hmm. um, I don't think it's particularly anything to do with that last year. But no. uh, it's just interesting, I think, that they're m- much loved, certainly by people who yeah. are, f- are fans mm. of of their kind of television. Yeah, and and they're they're very much traditional comics in that. Yes, but straight man, mm. funny man, double act. Yeah, that you know goes back through the mm. you know the music hall era. Mm. And kind of tra- transferred very well to television. Yes, you know, it's a natural two people stood in front of a curtain mm. or doing sketches together. And, yeah. uh, I feel. I feel also uh, in terms of variety. Of course, Des O'Connor was also um, part oh. of. You know. Yeah. Part of. Part. Of, I mean, not you wouldn't say necessarily. You know, because he obviously wasn't a comedian. He was a singer, yeah. performer, mm-hmm. all round, yeah. or bane television person. Uh-huh. But you know, all, all those those kinds of programs 
mm-hmm. very much popular television. Yeah. Popular performers. I mean, these people, like, say, Eddie Large, Bobby Ball, people were devastated, you mm. know, because they, they associate it again with so much tea time, fun, family. A yeah. lot of families used to gather and watch the Des O'Connor show, the, yeah. you know, Cannon and Ball, mm-hmm. Little and Large. These were the programs that people watched together. And I think they genuinely yeah. feel mm-hmm. a loss when these people go. Yeah. I mean, is, you know, is there that same kind of generational television that kind of crosses the generations now, nowadays um possibly but i don't think i watch i think strictly probably fits yeah. that mm-hmm. i mean i don't you know or um these got talents or celebrity yeah. um in a jungle or whatever they are now yeah. in a castle or whatever but uh, i i mean I, that's not telly i particularly follow so it, it's very difficult for me to really mm. comment on it i always i feel i need to get an expert in for the things like this but um <laughs> who are these celebrities and get me a celebrity i might well, have you well yes there is that <laughs> i had a terrible one the other day i was asked to do an illustration of somebody and they sent me a picture and i did the drawing and i did it badly and they asked me to redraw it to make it look more like the actress yeah and um and i was drawing it and it was only later on that i realized that i didn't have a clue who she was <laughs> And she's really quite famous, so that's kind oh, of all <laughs> right. Um, and I just thought, yeah, I get that uh, modern mm. telly. I, I people yeah. can sort of pass me by, and um, and it's a great shame, really. I mean, maybe maybe that's why we're doing this show. Yes, <laughs> you know, two last ones, I think, and then we'll finish this. Okay, yeah. Derek Folds, Mr. Derek, Mr. Derek, who obviously um, uh, we were talking about Yes Minister a few weeks ago. Yep. Um, but one of the again stra- strangely associated with that one real well two real roles which is of course again Basil Brush Basil yeah. Brush show again fits the same kind of variety Saturday night fond yeah. memories childhood <laughs> and Mr Derek Mr what was the other Mr Roy Mr Roy yeah you know and 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 others but they were the two that seemed to stick in my mind yeah also yeah. David Nixon when I started watching it. Yeah, well, David I think David Nixon and Basil Brush. I think it was kind. Of, I always feel that Basil Brush was more a spin-off of the David Nixon show. Yeah. You remember, like like, like Lamb Chop. Oh, Shari Lewis and Lamb yeah, Chop. Yeah, you would yeah. get these characters who would turn up on variety shows, and then someone would go, "We can make a series." Yeah, um, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. Well, we 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 had, we, had, we had the reinvention thing the other week, didn't we? Or, mm, on an earlier episode, when we kind of yes, looked yeah. at things that kind of. Spun off from uh... spun off. Yeah. I must admit, it, it didn't cross my mind that Basil Brush might be a, a, a David Nixon spin off because David Nixon had end, you know, another one of those yeah. endless careers. See, I always find it's interesting, really, when you look back that what you thought was an endless that was always on for donkey's years, it turns yeah. out they were only on for five years. Yeah, but but mm. when you when you're 10 years old, that seems that like forever. yes, that is forever, yeah. <laughs> And um, also, I'd, I'd, uh, I, one actor I wanted to mention was Earl Cameron. Do you know anything about Earl Cameron at all? No. Black actor died in. He was over a hundred when he died. Wow. But uh, one of those iconic actors who just was in everything yeah. as a black actor in the fifties, in the, you know sixties. Yeah. One of the breakthrough actors, and uh, whilst people might not recognise uh, the name. They wouldn't recognise the face, and yeah. mm-hmm. I, I feel perhaps as as he he did manage to survive over a hundred years, that would be a very good place for us to finish on. So yeah, but uh, all of them missed. Yes, and, indeed. And 
I just felt certainly in terms of I I don't know whether we've lost more icons in a year. I mean, uh, Dave Prowse. Oh, mm-hmm. and again, maybe not the most iconic figure in terms of the number of performances. Yeah, but he was in so many things because in terms of the Muscle Man. Yes. Even as a silent, you know, he never said much, but would no. be there. I mean, he's mm-hmm. in Hitchhikers. He's in. He's in some Doctor Who's. He's in. Yeah. But of course, the Green Cross Man, man is. Yeah, mm-hmm. because I remember the Green Cross code being mm. invented, because you know it used to be mm. look left, look right, look yeah. left again, yeah. and then uh, or was it the other, or, or or was it the other way around? <laughs> well, a development from Splink, you know. But yeah. uh, but certainly again one of those things that shaped our childhood. So a very familiar uh, figure, you know. Yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel that the icons, you know, we were losing last year were kind of a, a and most of them, luckily, we can still talk about, which is mm. always a plus when 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 icons pass and you. Yeah. But um, yeah. And, and and hopefully, I mean, now that the the stuff that they did do isn't going to get lost anymore. That you yes, know we are uh, not like wiping videotapes and discs and and stuff like that so people do live on yes and again this is why things like i mean i i always think it must be very strange for the people who knew a person to see the performance but for the rest of us we've got these things you know forever in many Mm -hmm. ways and um, yeah and 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 that i suppose is is the one blessing of of this kind of thing okay thanks very much sunday it's been nice talking to you again Okay. Hopefully uh, we will meet again soon and find something else to talk about if we can um, pretend we actually know something about yes. <laughs> Next time I'll do some more research, I promise. I always oh, say that. <laughs> nice to speak to you. Okay, thanks. Cheers, Martin. T- bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Oh, hang on, Sandy. You've left your big box of Christmas lights here. Okay. Oh, what's this? I have the capacity to predict events that have not yet taken place. I will project an image on your scanner screen. It is not a prediction. It is an immutable certainty. Space vehicle will be destroyed. The event is not far distant. The event is now even less distant. Happy New Year. Take care. You have been listening to Vision on Sound on Fab Radio International. You can contact the programme via email on vos at fabradiointernational.com or you can follow us on Twitter at visiononsound1 or there is a blog at visiononsound.blogspot.com. Thank you for listening. See you next time.